Hey, this is Stories from the C-Suite. Each month, we bring you the different stories of how amazing people made it to the top of their field, how their backgrounds helped them achieve what they are doing currently and what the future will hold for them. I'm Tom Coates, and I will be your guide. All right, we're back, everybody, and I'm very excited because this month we're talking with my good friend Nancy Norris. She has an amazing background that... I, it, it, I'm every time I hear it, I just get a little bit more inspired. I'm so serious about this, Nancy. the 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 thing that that impresses me the most is that you found it, it's it's a lot like the history of our country. So this is July, and we're all talking about history and, and celebrating our nation. If you look at look back to the beginning of our nation, we really didn't think we could succeed, and a lot of it was just Great luck. You know, the, the, the spies in New York City that discovered the, um, the plans of the British and how we were able to overcome just because somebody's heading down the wrong street, those things stack up in everybody's lives. This is a lot similar to what your story is. So please share with us the beginning. I, I want people to hear how you grew up and how you got to where you are now. Well, good morning, Tom, and thank you. Thank you for having me, and that that does inspire me because it reminds me of when I was a kid and the environment that I grew up in. um, It was a domestic abuse home. Um, I was being abused, and I went to a foster home whenever I was 15, and I was not okay with being there. I was very scared. My foster parents welcomed me in, but no matter what, I was a 15-year-old kid that was scared and did not want to be there. I just wanted to go home. No matter how bad it was, I just wanted to go home. So I didn't have a choice, and I stayed. And my foster parents were absolutely wonderful, and they changed the trajectory of my life. I know that now, but I did not know that then. Whenever I was 18, I got married the day after I turned 18, and that ended in a pretty bad disaster. And seven months later, I found myself homeless, and my foster parents took me back in. I went back to school, and a few months later, a recruiter came in to my high school, and he talked to me, and I mentioned it to my foster mother. Now, what kind of recruiter? Make sure everybody knows this. An Army recruiter. Yes. And I, I want to make sure that everybody also knows that the area of the state of Tennessee that you were you're raised in was Grundy County. That is if correct. If you've ever <laughs> driven through Tennessee, Grundy County is on the top of Mount Eagle. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different world on top of Mount Eagle. You could have, you could be sweating down on the on the valley. You get to the top, and you have a snowstorm. It's a different world up there, not just with the weather, but also with the environment. So that's where you were. That is correct. Okay, and yep. the army guy, the recruiter, comes in and chats with you, and you made a mistake of telling your foster mom about it. I did, and she I, jumped on it. She kept on and kept on telling me that that's what I needed to do, and I did not have anything inside of me with the ability to be able to say I did not want to do this. So she was persistent. She seen something in me that I did not see in myself. I went and took the test because I just wanted her to be quiet about it. I knew I was going to fail the test, even though I was a straight A student in school and I, I really did really well in school. I did not want to join the army. So I tried to fail the test. 
I made a Christmas tree pattern with the little dots, and I thought if I can just <laughs> spell it, then I did. I, I did. That. I wish I had a copy of it now yeah. so I could go back and show everybody. But uh, I, I thought this will do it, and this will show them I'm not smart enough or good enough to go down this path. This is not for me. And so a few weeks later, the recruiter called, and we went back and met with him, and he said, well, Nancy, you did really well on your test. And here sits my foster mother. And so I had no idea what to do at that point. He was showing me a video of girls going through training. And I thought, I don't care. I don't want to do this. So what do I do now? And this is all in my mind. So I thought, oh, I'll go to basic training. Now, I was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. I could have said, I don't want to do this. I did not have to sign. I weighed 94 pounds at the time. I had to weigh 100 pounds in order to ship to basic training. Okay. So they said, you have to gain six pounds. There was a way for me. I just couldn't gain weight. Mm. And I was too skinny. I got to 99 pounds, and the girl tipped it and said, oh, you're 100. Oh, what do I do? <laughs> so I shipped. I went to basic training, and I thought, they'll keep me for a couple of days. They'll see I will not physically be able to do this, and they will send me home. Mm-hmm. 27 years later, I retired off active duty with an awesome career. I've traveled around the world five times, and I thank my foster mom for pushing me into that opportunity because if it were not for her, I would not have went down that path. No matter how hard I fought against it, it was what was meant for me to get out of that small town, off of that mountain, into the Army, to have the children I have today, to have the career that I had, to have the opportunity to see the world in a way that I never would have had an opportunity to do. And considering I have seven sisters and four brothers, six sisters alive, three brothers alive, of which most are not. Um, I have custody of my two nephews and my niece now mm -hmm. uh, due to some family issues with my sister and, and brother-in-law. And uh, so I would not be in a position now to have custody of them for the last almost four years and be where I am if I had not joined the Army and been in the position I was in at the very moment that they became available. They were going into DCS, and my husband and I were able to take custody of them. It all happened so that I could be at that point of time and be here today talking to you. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. At full cycle, you were a foster kid. Now you're a foster mom. That is correct. And you're leading these kids just like you were led. I love that. Yep. So tell me more about your, your military career. What did you do there? Well, I spent most of my career uh, wearing multiple hats. Yeah. <laughs> I was a uh, personnel. That's what I started out, admin and personnel. I became uh, qualified in the supply logistics arena. So I was a supply sergeant. I, I got a job, let's say, probably about six or seven years into my career. I was put into a position where I was a supply sergeant and an administrative sergeant. Well, their training sergeant and readiness sergeant got put into a different position, and they did not backfill his position. So I became the one person for 125-man unit. I learned more in that position than any position in my whole military career because I was literally a supply sergeant for an aviation unit. So I got to fly 
wherever I needed to fly in helicopters. Uh, so whenever I went to Iraq right, and right. I needed to go somewhere, I just hopped on a hopped on a helicopter and they flew me where I needed oh, to go. Were, so were it was Blackhawks. Blackhawks, yeah. Oh, awesome. I love flying. <laughs> I've, I've had the privilege of flying yeah. twice in a Blackhawk, and yeah. it is exciting. It is very exciting. So um, again, whenever I um, later on in my career. Uh, like whenever I was deployed to Iraq, yeah. I went forward to Iraq, and we closed down Iraq with the brigade that I was in. Mm-hmm. And I went forward up to Iraq to be their administrative sergeant to do their payroll, to do personnel type of transactions. Well, because of my logistics background, I ended up in the yards. I ended up directing you know, traffic as far as the convoys coming in and out, what equipment needed to leave, and closing down the bases. And we closed down Iraq on in December of 2011. So that was pretty pretty exciting to be there on that moment. That is exciting. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. So you you recently, I mean, how long ago did you retire from the Army? I retired officially in February of 2017. So it's been a little over two years. Right. And amazingly enough, again, the changing the trajectory of things the way they are. Um, three years ago, I had I was at the National Guard Armory in Tullahoma, and I was the key personnel in the very front of the building that I managed the rentals of that armory. <clears throat> and I met a woman that came in and rented the armory one day for a conference. And she and I just clicked. Our characters just really clicked so well. And she was very, a uh, very sweet woman. Ended up, she was an Army brat. Her yep. dad was a SAR major. I'm married to a SAR major and, of course, spent 27 years in the Army. So she and I just really clicked. Well, I started following her Facebook page, and it's the Commission on Children and Youth. Oh. And didn't really think a lot of it right then. I had just recently, at that time, had just gotten custody of my two nephews and my mm-hmm. niece. And a few, about a month ago now, I have been invited to speak at their state conference at, in Chattanooga in October um, to be a keynote speaker on the Commission on Children and Youth to speak of the mental health of how it affects foster children when they're removed from the home. So three years ago when I met her, I never realized that within that three years I would retire from the Army. I had no plan on retiring from the Army, mm-hmm. none whatsoever. But I did, and I have since become certified as a coach, speaker, and trainer. Mm-hmm. And I now have a strew of certificates behind my back and a lot of training that has equipped me and prepared me to be a keynote speaker at this particular conference. And so I don't believe that I would have been there if it had not been for things happening in my life that put me in positions that I decided that I was going to take the opportunity, equip myself educate myself, and now I have an opportunity to speak to a group of foster parents, DCS workers, and local government on how it feels to be on the other side. I have been a foster child. I have them in my home. And how it feels um, to be basically, no matter what, you're not with mom and dad. Yeah. You know? And it's... um, it's difficult sometimes to look through the eyes of a child. We say, well, we're removing them from a bad environment, and we are, mm-hmm. and we are doing the absolute best thing for that child. However, the child is never going to feel that way. 
And so we have to recognize that, and, you know, mental health is a is a part of that. I'm not a mental health professional, but I make sure that the kids do have access to what they need to someone that they can talk to about what they're going through. You know, so I know what it's like to look down right. at a suitcase and realize you have everything you own in one little bag mm-hmm. and you can't go home. And no matter what, no matter what anybody says, you don't like it, but yeah. you have you have no control over that. But looking years down the road, I realized that it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I wouldn't be who I am and where I am today if it had not been for my foster parents. See, that? I, I love that story. And along the way, you are a business consultant. I am a business leadership consultant. Yes. Yes, yes I am. <laughs> and, so, and so now we know how you got to where you are, your background, the, the things that drive you, the, what's, what's in your heart. And because that's one of the things that I, I tell people all the time. You can tell me your stuff on your website. Mm-hmm. You can tell me your beautiful elevator pitch that you have practiced mm-hmm. time and time again. You can tell me all of those things. But unless I can peek into your heart, I may or may not remember you. But that story that you share is very memorable. So tell me what, as a leadership consultant, what do you do for your clients, and how can we help you find that next client? So um, my main focus is small businesses. And a lot of times, I'm working with a small business right now. They have around 20 employees mm-hmm. and have a great team. Sometimes you have great leaders in the wrong position. And sometimes you just need to switch some people around. I am also a certified uh, personality assessment Mm-hmm. Uh, advisor and so sometimes we need to learn how to communicate certain types of personalities just need to communicate better with another type of personality and as we have the desire to we just don't know how right. so I have the ability to be able to bring people to the table um, help them work together as a team build that team build leaders leaders can be brought into some leadership training Some people do not have a desire to be a leader. If they do not have a desire to be a leader, you don't want to push them to be into a leadership position necessarily. But they have a position. They just might not like the position that they're in. So as a a consultant, I can come in. I spend time with the team. I spend time with the leaders. I spend time getting to know what the company does and how they do it. And I just help them get the right people in the right positions sometimes. Um be able to help team members come together and work as a team, whereas before maybe they had um, not necessarily conflict, but um, just be able to come to the table and have a conversation about what needs to happen and how it needs to happen. And on the business system side, sometimes you have a process or a procedure mm-hmm. that just needs to be revised. It's a good process. You just make, need to make some revisions. It's working. It's just not working great. But they all find those answers inside of the company yep. themselves. I have a tendency to over-process or over-engineer mm-hmm. a process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you end up with multiple steps when one more elegant step would just handle all of that. Right, right. And often it takes somebody from looking at the process and going, you know, if you do it this way. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> well, great, great leaders ask great questions. True. And... You know, if you ask the question, the answer is always there. They know the answer. 
I just come in and just ask them questions. What have you done? Has it worked? Well, if that hasn't worked, what do you think could work? And most of the time, they know. They just don't know how to implement it, how to refine that process. And so I, I come in and I try to help them refine their processes and work on their leadership. I do leadership coaching, leadership. Um, I can do mastermind groups, workshops. Um, I can keynote speak. I can mm-hmm. come and do lunch and learns and play certain types of roles as far as putting them in different types of roles to see which one they desire to be in and which one the president of the company or the boss or the CEO or operations. I work a lot with operations because that is my background. Right. In the military is operations. And so, believe it or not, amazingly enough, operations is operations. <laughs> Even on the military side, if you're managing getting, you know, 150 troops through a range in a day and getting them fed and getting them clothed, you've got to get projects out the door the same way. So you can apply the same principles and the same standards as we did in the military and make things work that are already there. Right. Perfect. All right. So. The geography that you serve is mm-hmm. all of Middle Tennessee, southern Kentucky counties, and probably the northern tier of Alabama currently, but you will travel for keynote speakers elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So oh, the yeah. one-off projects, you will travel, but as far as an ongoing support service that is probably in the, the greater Nashville extended market, is that Probably on accurate? into Nashville, mm-hmm. into Knoxville. Okay. My husband is from Knoxville. Ah. We have children and grandchildren in Knoxville. Oh, that's so right. We have children and grandchildren, and I have my seventh grandbaby on the way Sweet. In, in, in Nashville area. So uh, Nashville, Knoxville, Chattanooga, that northern part of, of Georgia and Alabama, mm-hmm. um, is probably the main focus area. But obviously, I've, no. my husband and I use the opportunity to travel. We traveled in March for a conference, and we used that time, and we stayed an extra couple of days and and made a mini vacation out of it. So yeah, I the love Sergeant to travel. Major made sure that happened. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's my travel guide, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, beautiful. He's also my, my driver. And, All right, so yeah. how can people uh, connect with you? Okay, so I have my website is uh, Norris Leadership solutions.com mm-hmm. I have a Facebook page it's Norris Leadership Solutions as well as Nancy Norris um, I have LinkedIn okay. Nancy Norris I have uh, John Maxwell slash Nancy dot Norris and you can book me on there as a keynote speaker as a leadership coach as a consultant leadership consultant um, any, there's multiple different ways that you can the best way would be under NorrisLeadershipSolutions.com. Perfect. Now, I love the fact that we're chatting with you for the month of July, mm. uh, partly because it's the um, the 4th of July, the Independence. But also, coming up on August 9th is the annual Heroes Breakfast for supporting veterans in, the, in our area uh, for the um, Stand Down Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can go to their website, Stand Down Tennessee, and purchase a ticket there. They're only 100 bucks, and it's tax deductible, and it supports the efforts of taking care of our veterans. Absolutely. So, it is so. a wonderful organization, and I will be there. Excellent. And uh, some of my really good friends in the military are a part of that, and I will, I will be there to support them. They do wonderful things for our veterans. They do. Thank you for visiting with us this month. 
and we look forward to seeing what you do in the future. All right. Thank you, Tom. Yes, ma'am. Before we get to this month's networking tip, I want to make sure that you remember that in October, on October 24th, is this year's Unstuck Business Conference. We have eight speakers that are going to bring you amazing information. It's going to be a time for good fellowship, good networking, and great info. You don't want to miss that. Go to our website at csweetbiz.com and look for information on it, and we will keep you posted. Since C-Suite is a networking organization, each month we'd like to give you a, a just a tip that you can use as you go in about networking. As you know, you show up for a networking event and it's nerve-wracking. So what do you do? I mean, where do you go stand? Very basic principle thing and call me Captain Obvious, but I have a place that I stand. It is between the door and where they're serving beverages, be it coffee or adult beverages. The whole world, the entire event is going to pass by you. So instead of you having to go to one spot to another spot and work the room, well, the room works where you are. Makes it so much better and gives you kind of an air of importance because everybody's passing by you. You make eye contact with them. You chat with them. All of a sudden, more people are chatting with you. You include other people in the conversation. The sweet spot of a networking event is between the door and the beverages. There's your tip for this month. Hey, we also want to thank our friends over at I-65 Music. They're the ones that produced, recorded, and edited this episode. Nashville's only audio branding agency, 20 years experience in music and audio. They give brands and agencies that expertise needed to bring their companies and their brands voice to the world. You know, if your company or your brand is, is looking to be more distinctive in its category and precise in its communication, then reach out to I-65 Music. They their website is I, as in the letter I, 65music.com. Or you can also email them at info at I65music.com. I hope that you enjoyed this story today. It, it, to me, the, the hearing from somebody's heart, how they achieved what's important to them, their passion, really, it tells me who they are as a person, and it helps me find success in other things as well. So each month, we will share this type of story. If you know somebody that needs to be part of our show, please let us know. And join us anytime you'd care to at one of our C-Suite events. Another thing that you could do to help us out with this is subscribe and also leave a comment tell us what we're doing right yeah we'll take the what we can do improve too because you don't get better without that but please join us each time if you subscribe to it you'll be notified every time we put one out thanks talk to you soon